0: Dorian's back. Hey. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Dorian's Being back. Being loud. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I'm gonna start off loud and blow out Sean's ears.
1: Um, all right, I'm not calling this episode sixty, but I, we're just gonna rub this rub one out again. Yeah. Number two. It's
0: just another rub one out. This is like a It's a little bit of catch up. Yeah. We're just gonna, we're gonna ease back out of the guest host portion of the yeah. couch programming mm-hmm. and back into the proper ish kind of programming <laughs> we do, but we don't actually have anything to talk about today. We don't. By the way, I am Dorian Weinzimmer.
1: And I'm Bobby Navia. Welcome and back, everybody, to The Couch. Yeah. Um, Proper,
0: semi-proper episode of The Couch. Semi-proper episode, yeah.
1: yes. Uh, yeah, a little catch-up today, a little, you know, Dorian's back, so uh, we're just hitting record and talking.
0: Yeah, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. we talk some shit. Uh, yeah, so I guess let's, yeah, let's just get to the elephant in the room, the guest house. <laughs> So i listen to those episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, you know, they were fine. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I, uh, so I will say I really, really liked Corey's. Um, I think there's a whole separate show to be done of just like Corey explaining movies in D&D terms. I I had that idea in the middle of
1: it. It's great. Yeah. 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 It's,
0: it's very compelling. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice, like different hook to have, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it was immediately sort of like, I, I really like this because there's something about like, you know, Corey just had, he, he hasn't seen like a ton of movies. He's mm-hmm. not like a big cinephile or anything like that. So there's something about like the intersection of like his, you know, for lack of a better term, ignorance of film. Yeah. Yeah. But also his like vast erudition when it comes to rules and, yes. uh, uh, worlds and settings and things like that mm-hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And like that, you know, his ability, because they, they they both, you know, there's a lot of parallels between the two. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of acting involved in and directing involved Aye, in d d You know, what he does as a dungeon master, I've had this conversation with a few times. I'm like, it's, it's remarkably similar to like what I do as a director. Right. You know, and... um So yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels there. So I feel like it's funny because it's like he does understand these things, you know, like how films are communicating, like on a deeper level. But he just understands it in a completely different vocabulary from that of film. He understands, you know, when he goes to break down this stuff in like Dungeons and Dragons terms and everything, it's like, oh no, you really understand like the deeper mechanics of like you know thematically what's happening here, like what effect this is going to have on the audience, Mm -hmm. you know, like all those types of things. And how you're trying to control or you know guide those things in a way that provides the outcome that you are sort of trying to lead the group to right while still allowing them to have their own sort of experience with it you mm-hmm. know it's like that's what a good film does yeah it sure you know tells you a story but also it leaves a lot for you to imprint your own things onto and you know it's yeah it's just it's kind of like a fascinating parallel and you know having a discussion there uh you know that kind of brought that to the surface was actually really really intriguing yeah and probably far more intriguing than fucking annabelle comes home deserves (laughs) yeah yeah. like halfway through i was i was
1: i mean i wasn't trying to uh you know halfway through the episode i was uh like i feel like i know what you know you and i have done this for so long now like i know your groove so i know we'll 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 what will get you started, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or what will just shut you down immediately, you know? <laughs> and Nothing. So it was interesting to, like, you know, have a conversation with Corey and Sean and figure out, like, what's what's their thing? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That they can, you know, that, that part of their brain, they can be like, well, let me just fucking shit on this, or no, let's, like, filter it through. Yeah. Like, my, a passion of mine that's nowhere near related to, like, movies, film, and that kind of area, mm-hmm. but still, like like you said, like has a parallel. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I felt like towards the end when, uh, what do you call it, Corey laid out his, uh, you know, one-off. Yeah. <laughs> one-off Annabelle <laughs> Comes Home campaign. Uh-huh. I was like, I kind of want to play this. Yeah. This is really. <laughs> That'd
0: be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should just do that. Yeah. Like turn trailers into what we can discern about a movie from a trailer <laughs> into a one-off campaign. Yeah. be <laughs> I mean, Pretty good. Um. Yeah. No. I. I think. In. It, there's like. There's like a whole new market for him for that. Even it feels oh, like yeah. you know people that exactly like you the reaction you had. You know. Hey, I'd actually play that. It's like. Well. Yeah. You could make it, it's all right there. You just gotta it, yeah. yeah get a group together basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um yeah interesting uh interesting yeah like crossover marketing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> approach for Corey Dungeons um I think yeah he could. If you were to start a podcast of that nature, that could be a way of drumming up And people are like, "Hey, I want to play like cool, yeah, twenty bucks an hour, the one, off you know, the or antibody. whatever you charge. Yeah, it, I'll right. be there, you know. Just go, let's get a group together, let's make it happen, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Sean, Sean like came in with notes or something. Did he, he has, have? He have like a notebook with he him. Had his little Jesus book with Christ, him. dude! Yeah. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> It's not how we do shit <laughs> on the couch, all right? Like I could tell. It's uh, I could like I could while listening to it, I could hear him like looking down. I re- you know you what know? he only had
1: a, <laughs> he had his notebook for the um for his description of it. Yeah, like in the beginning. Yeah, but the rest of it didn't have the notebook.
0: Yeah, the no, it was, that was mainly that was my main grievance with Sean's performance is this still as ill-advised as i expected idea of describing <laughs> the fucking trailer it was just worthless i'm sorry <laughs> but i hated every second of it it was all stuff you could have talked about just like while discussing the trailer mm-hmm. you know it didn't need to be laid out in that format where yeah. it was like going down a list sorry sean i appreciate the effort we've got to experiment sometimes we need to know if something does doesn't work yeah and, and Sean worked out that As game. far as I'm concerned, we we've got that answer pretty definitively. <laughs> we don't need to describe the fucking trailers on here. <laughs> it was a bad idea. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just not cut out for podcasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and anyone who thinks of hiring Sean in some sort of professional capacity as a podcast <laughs> host should probably reevaluate their business practices. That's you know, that's not directed at anyone in particular. It's, uh, i did
1: say dorian's back everybody right yeah. i mean no one should be no one should be turning this off whatsoever yeah, they now. should be like oh my god whatever yeah. sean's trying to but- get people to
0: flood my fucking email with like <laughs> you know bullshit science <laughs> so oh you know i can jeopardize his professional life a little bit like <laughs> let's face it nobody well i don't know if sean's like told people he works with to listen to this podcast but yeah.
1: Um I don't yeah I don't think so. Yeah. I
0: don't, I don't think really he's sure. in any I don't I don't think he's in any danger of, you know, any of no. our tens of listeners having that kind of influence no. over his.
1: I haven't checked um maybe I'll check it in the middle of this episode. But uh yeah, like I I when I popped on to like upload uh the trailer that Sean and I did for Crawl. Um <clears throat> and I was actually maybe around like 4th of July or something. But uh our our midsummer episode had like 57 Woo. like listens or downloads nice. you know which has been the most for big anything. number for us yeah, yeah really big number it's only ever hit maybe like thirty-nine, forty. so to have it jump another like 10 was pretty fantastic yeah um but i haven't checked it since then so um yeah, yeah. it should be pretty interesting well yeah
0: maybe i mean maybe we just continue to delay episode 60 until we actually get 60 60 plays on (laughs) because we were for a little while it seemed like the number of plays that we would get on each episode corresponded to the episode number i remember that was happening for a while yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. and then it kind of you know it kind of (laughs) plateaued for a little bit and we kept rising up but now it's getting close to 60
1: what's kind of interesting is to see when i looked and i saw like midsummer was the top one at least for the last week that i always like seeing which back episodes have like come back up again mm-hmm. so like the chicago rot one was oh, up there again like nice. had like one one download or like like really random ones will, will get listened to you know so that's pretty i'm always i'm always very like thankful for everyone that's listening to the most recent episode but i'm also i also kind of dig seeing like which ones do people go back to? Yeah. You know, just to be like, oh, let's check out the Chicago Rot one. Right. Talk about that a lot or whatever. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, you like to think they, yeah, listen to the show <laughs> yes, and they right? like, hey, I liked that. <laughs> yeah. Let me listen to another episode. <laughs> right, and, exactly. You know, you find something I'm interested in. So, <laughs> um, no, it's good. I so want walk- But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, Sean and Corey were fine. They were good. It was, yeah, it was no, fun. It was, they were fun to listen to. Um, I enjoyed listening to them. I look forward
1: to the next time we're either (laughs) together doing one again, like the three of us or four of us with Jeremy. Yeah. Or just the next time, like, you have a lot of work and it's the return of Hildner because he's just going to do it. Well, he's going to double down on it. Yeah. yeah. no, He's going to take
0: like a half hour to describe (laughs) this fucking two minute thing. It's so good. Yeah. It's hilarious. So. Uh, No,
1: it was really fun doing it with, uh, with Corey and Sean and I think both of them again. Here, it was really, really fun. And also, I feel like we kind of do a lot of experimenting anyways, yeah. like you and me, mm-hmm. like every week <laughs> with random shit. Yeah. So like I just, you know, I dig that this was just another experiment to be like, what other kind of conversations can we have? Yeah. So it was yeah.
0: good. Less vitriolic conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: all right, so you, last night, you guys went to go see Bad Black and Who Killed Captain Alex at the Music Box. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if uh, any of our couch listeners don't know, or what these are they're some pretty great movies yeah
0: they're exceptional pieces of cinema yeah. produced uh, completely independently by a village in Uganda uh, named I believe the name of the village is Wakaliga okay and then they call it Wakali wood which is like their industry they're trying to make you know the Hollywood play yeah um but yeah they're they're just amazing they make these movies for like two to three hundred dollars and mm-hmm. it's like literally this entire village like comes together and just and makes these it. movies yeah. And they just do insane shit. And like there's actually like, you know, trained like kung fu masters and shit like <laughs> in these movies. And just like awesomely cheesy green screen effects. And it's just like you can just feel like the passion oozing right. off of like every moment of this thing. And like they're they're really hard to describe in terms of like this, there's this whole meta textual component mm-hmm. of like there's this guy. Called a video joker, a VJ, mm-hmm. um, which is this very specific cultural phenomenon in Uganda. The uh, the guy who was there last night was explaining. He was like, "This isn't like all across Africa. This is really specific to Uganda." Okay, um, that they have these you know video halls because they don't have like movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have you know like TVs and shit like that. And so you know the way that they get exposed to movies is at these like video halls where it's just like you know they have like a like a projection screen or something like that. It'd be and, like equivalent you know, to
1: like a VFW post or something. Yeah, totally. or something yeah. like that.
0: Okay. Um, you know, really sort of, uh, you know, ad hoc. Kind yeah. of like put to, it's not like, uh, it's not like a movie theater at all. It's right. literally just like a town hall or something like that, that they, you know, throw up a, a white sheet on the wall or something like that and project the movie at whatever they can do to, to screen it. And, but however, you know, they, they don't speak, most of the people there don't speak English. And these movies they're getting are from America usually, so they're all in English. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they don't have like subtitles in their specific language uh, for most movies. So instead, what they'll do is they'll have these, you know, there's been these people that uh, called video jokers that basically like narrate the film for everyone. So they're watching the movie, but somebody else is just like telling them what's happening. Yeah and you know it's it's really interesting because it's like you know they're kind of making fun of the movie but at the same time they obviously have like a lot of reverence for it and are like super into it yeah it'll go from like yeah making these like funny jokes about what the hell's happening on screen and how crazy these people are or whatever to like moments of genuine just like oh my god i can't believe that just happened you know it's yeah. like big plot revelations and stuff like that <laughs> and um you know so it's it's really really cool and there's you know some a few people that have like I guess, risen to the top of this whole world of of video jokers. And this guy, VJ Emmy mm-hmm. is, is like the top shelf guy. <laughs> and so these movies now, like the Ugandan film industry, because that's how they know movies. That's like how these movies are made from the ground up. Okay, cool. It's like conceived with the idea that there will be somebody talking about the movie over the movie. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's, it's just this mind blowing experience when you watch it for the first time where you're just like, wait, this is so crazy. Cause it's like, I, I actually wouldn't understand what's happening if it yeah. weren't for this, like, for you know, BJ omniscient me. voice yeah. that's watching the movie with <laughs> me, like, telling me about it. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's such a cool, you know, it's, it's you've just never seen a movie like this before. Right. And it's one of those times where, you know, you just have one of those experiences with a movie where you're like, wow, I've literally, I've never seen anyone do this with the medium before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's awesome because, yeah, it's all made with, like, literally, like, twigs you know, yeah. and like cardboard <laughs> and shit like that, but it's just like it, it's—they don't fucking care. It's just about like you know getting that passion out there and on screen and just doing what they want to do. That's awesome as filmmakers, and it's just yeah, it's really inspiring and just really like, um, you know, skinning your teeth, yeah, kind of filmmaking um that's cool yeah it's just very very cool but so they're you know they're starting to have they've been having for the past couple years a little bit more of like an international kind of breakout Mm -hmm. they've been doing this in uganda for years yeah and like who killed captain alex was the first one that kind of they put this trailer out on youtube and it like went viral several years ago and then, yeah, they, you know, struck up some sort of relationship with, like, Alamo Drafthouse, who was showing their movies. Oh, yeah, that's
1: right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then,
0: like, Bad Black premiered at Fantastic Fest, which is run by Draft House, and all this type of stuff. So, you know, they've had a bit of a, a international, yeah, surgeon's... Uh, 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 in recent years, but um, they're still kind of like breaking out. And so, yeah, this, the one like white dude, the one American guy that's like in uh, Bad Black, Mm -hmm. um, he has been taking the movies like around the US. Okay, And like, you know, he'll be there and he'll talk about them. And they've been Skyping with Isaac. He was telling us there's been this like really crazy thing with they want to bring Isaac, the director, and um, you know, some of the actors and like other people involved with this stuff. Uh, over to the U.S. and VJ Emmy, of course. Yeah. Um, to like do press tours and like do this stuff, like have VJ Emmy do like a live, you know, screenings oh, and yeah, stuff like be that. Assume, yeah, They really want to do this, but they've been having all these issues getting visas. Yeah. Uh, for them, because there's yeah, there's a lot of like political stuff going on with it that, um, you know, the uh, Ugandan government is trying to kind of like suppress these guys. Oh, Okay. Because they don't think it's like a you know it's like these dudes from the ghettos of Uganda like making these films and it's all sort of like. You know, the cops aren't really presented in the best light and things like that. And, you true. know, they're yeah, like fun yeah. action movies and stuff like that. But as far as like, Hey, if this is going to be the only like you know cinematic presence that Uganda has in the rest of the world, like what it kind of says about our country, isn't and us, you thing? know their yeah. government isn't too crazy about. Okay, gotcha. So they're sort of like seemingly trying to kind of keep them contained mm-hmm. in Uganda, so that they, you know, it's like they're already getting out here. Yeah, it's happening, but they're just going to you know probably fight it as long as they can. Dang. Um, even though yeah, what these guys are doing is fucking incredible. Like it's mind, you know, it's. And, you know, and, you know, the movies, they don't feel, I mean, yeah, they, they have their moments where they kind of get serious about things a little bit. Yeah. And um, it's, it's really smart. Like, they're very self-aware in a lot of ways of, like, what it is actually that they're doing. But it always comes back around to being, like, fun genre film. Yeah. You know? And, like, that... I think most people that watch these movies, that's really just what they see. Right. You know, they don't see it as this like giant. Oh well, this completely changes how I feel about the entire country of Uganda. You know, no, no, or I mean, anything. I know it does We watched, it we just,
1: watched uh, Bad Black. Mm-hmm. I know we we uh, I haven't seen Who Killed Captain Alex. Yeah, but I know we watched Bad Black. But I know when when we watched it, uh, I was uh, you know there's there's not a lot of like. Filmmakers or artists who kind of have a good grasp on just like storytelling, yeah, as as a whole, much less like, you know, how to tell a story with an image, yeah, you know. But <laughs> watching Bad Black as as funny as it was, like, I was kind of surprised when I was like, "Oh shit, this is a flashback! Like, it's a very important yeah, flashback! Right. Like, I actually had a, like a like an a, an emo the, you know ju- an emotional connection to what the flashback." Was happening, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Now I know who Bad Black actually is. Like, mm-hmm. This is this is important. Yeah. Aside from being like funny and self-referential, and just how the movie plays out. Yeah. Like I was very impressed with that, with the level of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, despite the, uh, you know, the the two hundred dollar price tag. Right. Of, yeah. Of <laughs> the you know,
0: severe limitations they're clearly right, working exactly, under. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but um but yeah, but also kind of, like, a complete freedom because it's, like, yeah. they have this whole, you know, uh, like, community mm-hmm. that is just, like, pretty much open arms from what yeah. it, it sounds like as far as, like, hey, yeah, I mean, if you guys need to get 50 people to, like, chase someone, like, through this entire slum area or whatever yeah. and, like, do flips and shit like that, <laughs> they're, like, cool, let's do it, let's you do know? It. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, they really just go for it and don't let anything get in their way. It's, like, and who killed Captain Alex, that guy... Uh, Uh, Alan, who was at the screening last night, was telling us that he was like, yeah, dude, they just like all the blood was like cow and goat blood.
1: And they were just like, they
0: would just put it in their mouths and spit because they thought that's what they did in Hollywood. Yeah, They were just like, oh, this is just what you do. You got to make a movie. It's crazy. (laughs) And he was just like, he got there and he's like, you guys, they don't. Like, that's really bad for you. (laughs) You (laughs) shouldn't. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, this is like congealed, like spoiled blood, you know, and you're just like putting in your mouths and shit. And but they were just like, whatever. We hey, we needed to get the shot, you know, it was fucking cool, <laughs> right? Doesn't it look awesome? <laughs> He's like, yeah, it looks great, but who's there's other the, ways to do this? Who's um,
1: the um, I know you have the Blu ray right there on the table. Who's the company that
0: put uh, it out? American Genre Film Archive? Okay, yeah. so
1: I don't know when it's going up, but I, I was on, that. I was on uh, Facebook. This morning and uh, that horror podcast I listened to Shockwaves. Yeah, they I think tonight in LA or maybe this weekend they are doing a live podcast, but their guests are the people who, oh. who are, are Agfa. Oh, cool. Who who released it? And so I only That's recognized awesome. it because because of Bad Black. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit! Because when you first saw it, you saw it at um,
0: Windy City Horrorama. Windy City Horrorama, yeah, and there
1: wasn't anything about it getting like picked up at all.
0: Yeah, no, we had no idea when we really came out of that theater like. Elated and like crying because we were like, I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to watch yeah, this again. Right? You know, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to hearing about the company that like put it out. Yeah. What they're you know if they're going to be like a sole exclusive that they'll just put put out the stuff that comes out of. You know, Uganda or yeah. whatever. I mean, they should, but.
0: Uh, Alan was telling us last night that the Museum of Modern Art just acquired a bunch of their stuff. Really? Yeah. This is like that all. Doesn't gonna really good, that doesn't surprise me. It's going to be good. Yeah, no, it's super cool to hear. I was like, I mean, that is an honor you guys certainly deserve. Like, yeah. this is some of the truest examples of like modern art that I've seen personally. Um, but yeah it was really cool to see like he couldn't you know elaborate too much on the extent of like what this means what and like grab, all that yeah. but yeah he was like but yeah and, you know expect to hear some more news soon that's really all cool. this type of shit so they you know it's i don't know how rights are going to work with that then if yeah. like you know moma is going to like start to own some of their stuff and they'll be the ones putting it out or what but either right. way it's like that's really cool you know kind of recognition that they're getting
1: that's kind of like when i watched um what do you call it when i watched was that documentary um, horror noir and they said that like the only the only actual you know uh, not like i guess director's cut of ganja and hess was nobody knew that it was owned by moma uh-huh <laughs> and like cuz it had been like recut two or three times to give to try and make it more of like a horror movie sure in in different releases but that they had the actual true cut that the director like made and intended, damn, was owned awesome. by MoMA. Nice, <laughs> and it was, and like that's the, uh, like I'm pretty sure it's still on. I'm pretty sure it's still on Shutter, but that's the, that's the copy that's on Shutter. Like, oh, okay. when it Comes up, it actually says like you know like has like a MoMA yeah like logo.
0: Same with uh, basket case. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's also owned by MoMA, MoMA, which is great. Yeah, love that. <laughs> um,
1: well, while you guys were at Music Box last night, yeah, I did three movies. Oh, last night. I watched this movie uh, called The Public um, last night. It uh, was written and directed by Emilio Estevez. Okay. And um, it's a story about uh, a librarian who uh, it takes place in Cincinnati. And um, there's a lot of just homeless people that hang out inside the library. Yeah. And uh, on one of the coldest nights, the homeless people stage just like a sit-in because all of the homeless shelters around the city are maxed out, and they don't want to be left out on the cold. Yeah. And so they barricade themselves in the um, in the. Library. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I heard about this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It got a real, like, limited theatrical release. Like, I know it played at the theater in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just recently went up on, uh, what do you call it, um, iTunes, like, to rent and everything. I think, like, uh, it was, you know, funded independently, but Universal uh, distributed it. Okay. They put it out um i really like the movie i liked uh his he's i know emilio Estevez has done like other movies like back in the early yeah i'm
0: trying to remember that one that uh his first directorial outing Mm -hmm. i remember jeremy saw it and he thought it was really really interesting it's like um him and martin sheen going on some sort of like religious kind of pilgrimage or something like that actually wasn't his
1: first directorial He had done, like, other ones that I think had gone, like, straight to DVD and stuff. But it might have been, like, a first first directorial debut that, like, went, like, theatrical, Theatrical, a little bit more wider than other stuff he had done. But it must have been, like, his, maybe his third or fourth or something like that. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, no, that movie is called The Way.
0: That's right, yeah. Yeah,
1: which I really liked that movie a lot. And that's the first movie I ever watched that he directed. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched any of his previous work. So I was really excited to watch the public based off off of that yeah and um i really liked it a lot yeah i liked it a lot it's a good little it's a good little movie um it's uh i guess in the time we're living in with all like protests and standing up for something um it it was nice to just watch like a little self-contained you know story Mm -hmm. about all these uh about these homeless people like staging this sit-in or whatever yeah and the whole idea for them is just like they kind of know they're not going to win they know that they will be, like, removed from here, but they just want to, like, um, they want to let people know that, like, they're still important. Mm-hmm. They just want to be remembered. So aside from not being out in the cold and, you know, not dying, it's just this, it's, it's, uh, the cause is bigger than just, you know, being barricaded in a, yeah in a library. Sure. And so, um so I really liked it a lot. I thought Emilio Estevez uh, plays the librarian that sits in there with them. He's the guy who has like the most uh, you know, connection to all of them because he just sees them every day going to work mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, it's got like a really good cast. like Alec Baldwin's in it, Christian Slater, Gabrielle Union, Jenna Malone, Emilio Estevez. Uh, Michael K. Williams is one of the homeless people. He's kind of like hmm. leader of the group, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a really, really good movie. I, I highly suggest everyone rent it. Sweet. It's, it's worth it. And then um, I was looking for something... A little less like deep after that. Yeah, it was still so <laughs> early, so I decided to watch Species. Ooh, all right. <laughs> they just put Species on Amazon Prime. All right. And I don't, I, I don't think I had ever like seen it from beginning to end, mm. just like clips. Yeah, you know. And so I put Species on.
0: Natasha Henstridge. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Introducing Natasha Henstridge. Oh, all right. Yeah. That was a credit.
0: It, was, be- it might have been her introduction and her goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh well she did do a sequel so um but uh the opening credits of it reminded me of a larry cohen movie mm. it just was the movie was made in 95 okay but it yeah. looks like it was made in like 85 okay <laughs> <laughs> and i thought for a second i was like am i gonna get more of like a creature feed like a cool creature feature here than i thought mm-hmm. uh and for half of it it, it, it kind of is but i It's really fun watching like these 90s like sci-fi movies because of just like the way they like break exposition like the story to you, you know, like what's going on, what's happening. Ben Kingsley's
0: in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Alfred Molina, Forrest Whitaker, (laughs) like Forrest Whitaker's an empath.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yep. Why not? That's
1: literally how the movie like goes with it. Uh Then he's just like, I just feel things deeper than most. It's like. (laughs) Okay, yeah. cool. Um, it's kind of long. It's almost like a two-hour movie. Mm. Uh, the sequel is only an hour and 30.
0: Yeah, um, much more suitable running time for that film, I'd say.
1: Yeah, uh, it doesn't make it any better. but. Um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so it was really interesting to watch that movie. Some of the creature effects are pretty cool in it. I was actually surprised by uh, how much of the... Uh, first movie has practical effects, mm-hmm. especially with some of like the murders that happen uh, in it. Uh, it's really gory. It's really nasty. Yeah. Um, and then after I was done with that, I was like, well, fuck it. The second one's only an hour and 30. So, <laughs> may I as well. Give a, him species as well yeah. So I watched Species 2. <laughs> and to my surprise, I was. Uh, there's more practical effects in number two than there is number one. Oh, no shit. And I was... The movie's terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. The I movie, never saw it, too. The, yeah, it's... it was It's a horny fucking movie. Yeah. It is just horny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's, like, three astronauts that come back from Mars, mm-hmm. and um, they bring something back that... Uh, you know, basically the same DNA that they made Natasha Hentridge of in mm-hmm. the first one is the DNA that is... In the uh, soil samples that they collect on Mars, oh okay, and it escapes on the ship and just basically burrows it itself as like a parasite. Yeah, in two of the astronauts. But apparently, this DNA, this alien DNA, can sense like genetic mishaps mm-hmm. in like human DNA. So if like if like it reads that eventually like I'll get diabetes or some shit like that, like it won't it won't like bond with me uh-huh. because it just needs somebody healthier yeah or like wants well, a good host yeah so um <clears throat> so one of the astronauts is this uh, is a there's two guys and a girl and the captain is the one who's just like fucking everybody in sight uh-huh. and what happens is is like upon like you know completion uh the um uh, like pregnancy happens immediately to the point where like there's a child that breaks out of various women's like wombs uh-huh. like minutes <laughs> after like the sex after is copulating done. yeah and yeah. like you know that scene in Puppet Master mm-hmm. where like yeah yeah you know which one I'm talking about oh I know yeah yep. this basically <laughs> happens two or three times in this movie <laughs> with practical effects okay and like baby cries and all this other stuff and uh, yeah, basically like in an hour or two, they're just like, a, it's like a toddler, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just like keeping all these kids in like a bunker till they, uh, what do you call it, turn into like a, they like, they end up making this cocoon, which once they break out, they're like full adults and then they can just go and like fuck people in the world mm-hmm. and basically, nice. you know, as Michael Madsen put puts it, they're going to fuck <laughs> us out of existence. <laughs>
0: Oh man. So as soon as you said as Michael Madsen put it, I knew we were in for some, you know It was pretty amazing some real witticisms. Yeah.
1: But uh yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched like that horny of a movie. Yeah. It's just like people are just the aliens just wouldn't need to fuck. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. Just fitting a fuck. That's it. So uh but species was pretty fun. Yeah. I, I really
0: yeah, I really don't remember the first one at all. I remember seeing it and then it's like I I remember that I went to see it and then there's like this just shy of two-hour gap <laughs> in my memory. <laughs> so, I mean, that probably says something to the quality of the film, that it's, you know, it's fine. I think the first one... If one's it a- were horrible, I'd remember it, you I think know? the
1: first one's a pretty good, like, uh, creature feature, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, they start with uh, whatever, like, set uh, SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial. Oh, pirate. yeah. They start with, like... Uh, um, ben Kingsley's, like, explanation to the team that he puts together to go and find you know the alien that's escaped is uh with what we sent up into space like in 86 or 87 it was like the disc that like had like a picture of what a human and a male looks like mm-hmm. uh, some of our dna all this stuff and that like 10 years later we actually got back a response and one of it was uh, some sort of code or genetic or, or makeup to make uh, uh, like basically have like free energy or something like that. Uh, and then another one was a piece of like uh, code that uh, was DNA. And mm-hmm. so what they did is they mixed part of that DNA with human DNA and they made a person. Okay. <laughs> and so it's half human and half alien. Yeah. And actually the kid in the movie is uh, Natasha Hentrich as a, as a kid in the movie is played by Michelle Williams.
0: Oh, all right. So that's, the, that's <laughs> who
1: we see. And the beginning of the movie is them deciding that they're going to like uh, euthanize her, mm-hmm. and then she escapes. Ooh. And so we're on the hunt for Michelle Williams for a little bit. Yeah,
0: got to find her before she gets to Dawson's Creek. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then she turns into a cocoon, and then turns into Natasha Hentridge. Damn. Yeah.
0: What a transformation. Big time. Yeah. Big
1: time. <laughs> so yeah, it was really interesting to watch those two movies back to back.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like... Uh, It sounds like you should have come to Music Box. I probably should (laughs) have. Yeah, no, I probably should have. But yeah, you could have. You could have done worse, also. Yeah, I have have done worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you for saying it, so I didn't have to. No, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So, uh, did you watch Stranger Things?
1: Oh yeah, I'm on the last. I have not watched. Oh, you haven't finished it? I haven't finished it. No. I'm on the I'm about to watch the last episode. Sweet. Did you watch it all?
0: Yeah, we just binged the whole thing you on binge, Friday. Yeah, on Friday? I just didn't want to move yeah. the whole day, so we just turned that on.
1: Did you like it? It was good. Yeah. yeah you liked it? Okay. Yeah,
0: it's, it, like, that show for me has always just been, uh, I don't know, kind of like the proof that sometimes it's better to be good than try to be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right on. Yeah. Because like, I don't think I, I can point to any moment really on that show where I've been like, "Wow, that was really like spectacular." Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's ever had that for me, where oh, I was just like, "Holy yeah, shit, yeah. this yeah. is incredible!" Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just like, but it's very, very good at just being compelling. Yeah. You know, and like just easy to watch. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a bag of Doritos. You know, <laughs> it's just like you start eating and then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. And you're like, oh, all right cool well, that was good but yeah it's a, you know there was like the like the one episode in season two where like 11 goes to chicago and like there's oh that yeah whole, that was like the one bad episode of that show mm-hmm. uh every other episode is just like yep yeah, cool next one good yeah let's do it yeah but like i said you never never spectacular but aside from that one episode i don't i can't think of a time that i really thought it was bad either mm-hmm. you know
1: i watched yeah i watched season three i still have to watch the last episode but I thought so far, they. I feel like season three is more of like a horror season, mm-hmm. as opposed to like it's the first straight two. up the thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, like there were moments like when they got into like uh what do you call it? When they got into the cabin, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, Evil I, Dead. I, I evil yeah. Dead. I immediately it's... like even just how the camera was moving. Yep. It was like. Oh, this is awesome. Like, yeah. Oh, you there's know? a deer head there's on the wall. Head, yes. One of the kids grabs an axe. Yes. It's
0: like it was so many. I was like, OK, yeah, this is straight up their Evil Dead moment. Yeah. But they're doing it kind of right. You know, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there was because, yeah, there was an Evil Dead poster, I think, in um, Charlie's room. Like in the first episode, when him and uh, oh, her named Nancy, yeah, yeah, oh, when yes. him and like Nancy wake up in bed and yes, they're like, yes. "Oh, slept through the alarm because the power went out mm-hmm. and shit." There's a Evil Dead poster in his room, okay, and um, yeah, the you know the references to like that and like the thing and like Invasion of the Body Snatchers were yes. pretty he- pretty heavy, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I dug that; they were good influences yeah and um yeah no i definitely got that same thing that i was like okay this is they're kind of going for more of the horror vibe with this mm-hmm. which is really cool because that's i mean that's kind of also another thing that i think the show has always done really well is like balance this weird tone yeah of being sort of like it is about kids you know so it's kind of family friendly but mm-hmm. sometimes it also just like <laughs> goes there
1: yeah right you know
0: like and and then this season two there's like you know there's a homosexual character and they start dealing with some more a couple complexity yeah maybe right yeah. yeah um you know they start to deal with with more kind of complexities with the characters that mm-hmm. are a little more you know as they're maturing and stuff like that so it's cool because you know The fact that it doesn't live in, like, a television space where it would have to stay in, like, the Wonder Years kind of, like, realm of dealing with stuff and also doesn't live in a movie space where it's, like, you know, okay, if we're doing R, then, like, let's take advantage of the R rating, you know, or if it's PG-13, then we have to, like, you know, shelf things or plateau at a certain spot. Because it's on Netflix, it's just kind of, like it can kind of be like PG for certain episodes, and then it can be R, yeah. you know, the next episode. Yeah, and, yeah. like, that's kind of really cool and, like, an opportunity that hasn't really been available mm-hmm. to, you know, episodic... Television. You know, yeah, like, ever. Right. And so now, you know, the fact that they've managed that so well uh, is, is really cool. Um, and this season in particular, I thought, yeah, they did a really good... There's one, you'll see it, it's pretty close to the beginning of... I think it's in the final episode, but right? I don't think you've actually seen it yet. But there's a moment of kind of like Cronenbergian and like body horror. Ooh, that's like it. Really, I mean, they, you know, the reaction of everybody else that's around is the total like,
1: oh god, yeah. like, you know, type.
0: But it's like it's kind of what you're doing even as the audience yeah, member. Yeah. It's just like, oh damn, that's actually fucked. I didn't think they were gonna get this nasty, <laughs> but. Nice. Um, you know, that's actually pretty Yeah, that's pretty unsettling, you know, what, what we're watching right now. That's awesome. Um, so it was, it was cool to see even that influence kind of come mm-hmm. in, you know. It was like, okay, yeah, we're doing mainly more like John Carpenter kind of like the thing yeah. influence stuff here. But yeah, to, to kind of like, hey, we can't do that without a little Cronenberg.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know,
0: and so they, they just kind of like go there for like one scene, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of comes back to just being Stranger Things. Right. They just do a really good job of, of navigating all of that, I feel like. Nice.
1: I thought in the middle of the episode where uh, Hopper and uh, Hopper and um, what's the mom's name? Is it it Uh, Gail?
0: I don't know a writer's character. Um, Joyce. Joyce. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, We're Hopper, Joyce, uh, the the Russian guy and uh, his buddy. Yeah. The Russian scientist, dude. He was awesome. Yeah. He was great when they're all at the carnival mm-hmm. and like the, the Terminator guy is after them, cause it's clearly like a Terminator. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the other, uh, you know what? That's Have the you other seen movie. this boy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when, uh, Hopper was fighting them all in like the fun house, mm-hmm. you know, like he comes out and he like shoots that guy, yeah. uh, you know, point blank in the chest. I thought while watching that sequence, I will, I will 100% be in the bag for like a David Harbor, Hellboy two mm-hmm. movie. If, if, <laughs> The Duffer Brothers, like, write and direct.
0: It. Yeah, or just anyone except <laughs> Neil Marshall. It's a great starting point yeah. for yeah. really any movie. It's like, you know, number one, not Neil Marshall. Not Neil okay, Marshall. we're already in a good position, Yeah, you know?
1: I just like seeing him, like, fight everybody, and I'm like, why wasn't this, like, in Hellboy? This is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, even Hellboy starts in a carnival, kind of, Yeah, the beginning of the movie. So I was like, oh, I would like to see the Duffer Brothers do a, do a Hellboy movie yeah. with David Harbour. You know, nice minute, not hour and thirty. Yeah, hour forty flick. Just,
0: I was, I, I gotta say though, I was a little, uh, I was a little less than enthusiastic about Hopper this season. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like
1: how much of a mess he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a mess, but it was also just coming across like just very aggressive. I could see that. You know, yeah, which yeah, like yeah. I it was just kind of like rubbing me the wrong way. I was okay. like, he's not like this. He's losing, like, the charisma or, like, lovability behind, you know, the toughness, you yeah. know. It's, like, I think maybe also the, you know, distancing from the story about, like, his dead daughter and stuff like that, which always kind of, like, left a vulnerability at the core of him. That's true, yeah. You know, like, that it gets, like, mentioned once, I think. And not that that's something you need to keep, like, cramming down the audience's throat but like right maybe with how far you know his character has swung with like you know not knowing how to deal with like 11 mm-hmm. um as you know a teenager and liking boys and stuff like that yeah um You know, yeah, without something to kind of balance it out, it was like even when, you know, Joyce was trying to help him out and, you know, he's just even seemingly kind of like getting short with her. Right. And then, you know, like, oh, well, go on a date with me, you know, and like, you know, (laughs) and then he just, and then he ends up like handling the situation just through aggression anyway. And like, you know, just stuff like it. it, Yeah, there was like a, you know, it's like if it weren't, I I feel like the only like, like ability I'm getting from this character is like residual shit from the last two seasons. Okay. You know, like if I had just seen him yeah. this season, I'd be like, "Man, this guy is a fuck kind of a monster." Yeah, you know, yeah. like kind of like a you know Homer Simpson character without like the you know with the with the comedy stripped off of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like, wow, this guy's just like an alcoholic who's like literally like violent against his children. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean, he wasn't like that, but still, I mean, yeah, the way he ended up like dealing with Mike and stuff like that. Yeah, was that was a little a little, a little intense. intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree Um, with that. So, yeah, you know, I just, it seemed a little kind of just uncharacteristic for the Duffer brothers as well, because they're like, they seem so, they're usually so good at like, you know, with writing these arcs for these characters and like giving them like, you know, sort of new dimensions season to season and stuff like that. And it seemed like for him, who's really. You know aside from 11 kind of like the calling card character of this show is hopper, is hopper yeah. that it, it seemed like they kind of just relegated him to this like one-dimensional corner mm-hmm. you know for this season and uh yeah it was you know again minor gripe yeah. i didn't you know it wasn't like such a problem that i was like turned off and thought about stopping watching the show yeah, or anything no, it was just yeah. like Oh, uh, yeah, I don't like him as much as I used to, yeah, you know.
1: I feel like he's kind of uh, like a little bit of a mirror image of like Joyce in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like they're both kind of like losing it this season, yeah, in some kind in in their own way, and this is I, I feel like uh I feel like you know Joyce brings out like that aggression in Hopper, but it's you know it's like his own doing because she's not gonna like take any of a shit either, yeah, but also he doesn't know how to deal with her like at least to him, like her insanity with like, you know, the, the fucking magnets and shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like you're fucking crazy, but I still want to date you. Like there's all this like back and forth kind of shit. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I, yeah, I agree with like a lot of the intense, intense moments, at least with Mike in the car. I was like, Yeah. yeah. This a little much for right. Right. Yeah. Getting going here. Like, okay. But, uh,
0: yeah, the playing, like playing up the, in that first episode, the, the sort of like, Mrs. Wheeler and Billy thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little weird to me too. It was yeah. like, I, that was a funny moment in season two when he like showed up at their house mm-hmm. and they had kind of this like, oh, hey, but to kind of like make it even a plot point where it was like, are we even, I was like, are we even really thinking that like this is actually going to happen? Yeah. You know, and they showed her like getting all in her makeup dressed and up, dressed yeah, up yeah, yeah. and I was like, you're not going to do this. Like, yeah. come on, this <laughs> is ridiculous. Right it was just like you know and i didn't think billy really needed like some kind of motivation to be out driving fast around t- like they could have just cut to him like driving fast cruising around and yeah. be like yep that's fucking billy for you right <laughs> like, right right um but uh yeah i thought you know that just seemed like kind of a a joke that got overextended into becoming like a plot point motivation yeah. you know <laughs> which it just didn't really need to be right right um it, you know it would, would have been fine if there was just that moment of, like, you know, the lifeguard change, you mm-hmm. know, happening, and them all kind of, like, you know, eyeballing him. That would have been fine if that were just, like, just that. Just yeah. like, yep, suburbs in the <laughs> 80s, you know? It's the way it is.
1: Even having not watched... It will the, not go beyond
0: this, you know? Right. Yeah.
1: Having not watched the last episode yet, I do, like, I do like his arc. I yeah. Do like, oh, I, yeah.
0: I really like that dude both seasons. Really. Yeah, both seasons. Are yeah. Really,
1: yeah, yeah. But this one, I really... I'm very surprised... But I'm also I also really like like where he's gone. Yeah, you know his character. Yeah. with it all. So
0: no, I was really happy with him in the in the show as well. And um, oh yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's like, man, poor Will. Like, the kid just can't catch a break. He like, can't. I mean, he's he's just absent the entire first season because yeah. he's like stuck in the upside down. Right. And then season two, he's like possessed the entire time. Yeah. <clears throat> and then now it's like. He can finally get a game of D D going. <laughs> yes. And nobody cares. Nobody and cares. it's just like, oh man, like this kid's just getting shit on yeah. so hard, like on this show. Why do you guys hate Will so much? <laughs> it's like, I mean, let him get like one good game in, yeah. you know, or something, but couldn't even do that.
1: I think about Sean all the time when D and D stuff comes up. Yeah. All the fucking time.
0: Yeah. Yep. Not Corey? You go you think of Sean?
1: I, th- yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it's Sean. <clears throat> you know, no offense to Corey or anything. Yeah, you know, uh, I feel like uh, maybe I feel like Sean. If I like playfully jab him about it, like he gets that I I'm only joking. Yeah, I feel like if I were to jab Corey, he might, you know, put me in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> and give me a timeout. You know,
0: so, so Schaumburg is a little more forgiving. Scha- Schaumburg will kind of yeah.
1: join in the fun. You know, whereas. Mm-hmm. Corey might Corey might not take it so well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he might take it personally. He might take it personally. <laughs> so I don't know. But
0: uh But um oh I did I did also want to mention that uh um I started watching Too Old to Die Young last night. Oh, yeah, Nicholas Um, Winding Ruffin. Yeah, his show on Amazon Prime, which, holy fuck, just the first hour I watched was spectacular. I was really, really enamored with it pretty much immediately. I think it's one of those things like, If by the time, like, you know, the opening titles start and the first, which are really brief and, Mm -hmm. like, integrated into the show. okay, So it's basically just part of a scene. Um, But if by the time that those credit, you know, opening titles come up, if you're not, like, 100% in, you probably don't bother, you know? Because, like, yeah, I know this thing's, like, 13 hours total and I've only watched one hour of it, but it wears, you know, its identity pretty clearly on its sleeve. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I think that first, like, 10 minutes will really make it clear what this thing is yeah and if you're not all on board for that like <laughs> you're probably just setting yourself up for frustration right because it's it's insanely slow um and but like I don't know for me it was like a, like my mind was so active during all of it okay that it, like it didn't feel slow even though the pace is very languid yeah yeah um you know I w- I wasn't sitting there like okay what happens next I'm just sitting there like this is great. Yeah. Like, I just, I love being just absorbed in this world. It feels, like, so comprehensive mm-hmm. immediately. You're just, like, bathed in it from okay. the moment the show starts. And, like, the way these opening shots work, it's, like, it's just, like, this moment frozen in time. And then, like, it kind of gets into it, like, you know, it starts moving forward. But mm-hmm. it's, like... It just, it gave me this impression that, yeah, I mean, this is a lot of what this show is going to be. is like we're going to kind of like freeze on these like pregnant moments where like okay. everything is about to change. Yeah. And just sort of like analyze all the details of like this one kind of trapped moment in time right. before we watch what happens. Okay. And, um, you know, and even what happens isn't immediately like bombastic or anything like that. But you can tell it's like this big mm-hmm. shift is occurring. Hmm. And, um yeah it's just it's really fascinating it he was, directed yeah. all of them right yeah okay. yeah directed all of it i think him and ed brubaker wrote it oh nice okay. um yeah and uh yeah i'm just really so far it just it feels like this is real like auteur cinema yeah, yeah. in episodic form nice. and like you know knowing going in that like we're not in a rush to go anywhere with this it's really more about yeah the journey mm-hmm. and the sort of like moments than just like oh my god this big plot twist here and there you know like I, it set up my expectations so well That I'm like I'm cool just like Coasting with yeah. this thing And just seeing where it goes Right. You know I'm not I'm not even expecting Like a big plot revelation mm-hmm. Or anything like that at all yeah. I'm just like I just want to see what happens. what happens Whatever it may be nice. It might even be nothing <laughs> You know <laughs> But um, It's just yeah That like atmosphere And like you know Style And just sort of like uh, You know Like talent and like control and like deliberation Mm -hmm. behind all of it is just like so impressive to me too that i'm just like really really enjoying just basking in all of that so that's awesome it's great you know i feel like to start it it's yeah it's very you know it's got a very new mexico and like south of the border like vibe to it that kind of like you know toxic heat mixed with you know mixed with troubled people and neon, <laughs> yeah. you know, like with that much heat and neon around. It's like, how could you not go insane? Right, you know, right. it's like just what it feels like right <laughs> off the bat. And it, but I just, nice. I feel like I am just like a lizard on like a hot rock. Yeah. You know, I'm just like sitting there just kind of like absorbing the heat off of this sucking thing, you know, and just like sucking it in. Nice. Like seemingly nothing's really happening, but <laughs> I'm getting like so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's really cool so far. So I'm super excited to, to, Dive back into that very deep.
1: Nice. So
0: yeah, highly, highly recommend checking that out. It's definitely not going to be for everyone. I I can tell you that. But yeah, like I said, if watch the first ten minutes and you'll either kind of be like okay, or oh my god, or I hate this. Hate this. Yeah. So yeah, if you're not in the like oh my god (laughs) territory, then yeah, it's you know continue at your own risk. I would say. Right. Right. It's not going to (laughs) change. It doesn't care what your expectations are.
1: Well. I think that's a good way to end it.
0: Yeah, I think so, too.
1: You got anything? Uh, we're going to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the end of the month.
0: Yeah, 70 millimeter at the Music Box. Music Box. Fucking sweet. I think
1: the next two movies I'm seeing at Music Box. Uh, I think I'm going to try to go watch the 2K restoration of Paris is Burning. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never seen it before. I watched the trailer to mm-hmm. it. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's so, interesting. Yeah, so I, I kind of want It's on Netflix, but it would be nice to watch it restored yeah um and uh i do want to go see escape from new york yeah i was gonna so say so we got a plan to do that yeah because that's worth a late night
0: yes indeed
1: so, but uh thanks for listening everybody yeah and uh we'll be back hopefully next week with a new episode
0: yeah proper episode 60 coming your way next proper week. episode 60 yeah thanks or no this. well maybe yeah maybe we're going to denver on thursday night oh okay cool yeah. all right so we'll be gone for a few days but we could always record like on thursday Before,
1: oh, okay cool all right that sounds good anyway we'll, we'll see figure it out yeah
0: <laughs> keep an eye out
1: either that or you'll hear more of the war between schaumburg and yeah <laughs> right the face that dorian <laughs> shot me right now was like we're recording before i leave okay yeah. hey, shut
0: up <laughs> <laughs> If Sean wants to call it a war, I mean, that's cute. But I'm calling it a war. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm Rennie Harlan directing this motherfucker. <laughs> tell you right now. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yep. Bye. See
0: ya.